Welcome, everybody, to Unsportsmanlike Commentary, the football podcast where we actually give you real, honest, uncensored opinions. Tyler and DC are here today. Tyler, how you doing? I'm good, man. This is going to be yeah. This is going to be shooting from a hip for a lot of shit. I have had no time to prep for this, and yeah, let's just see. Let's just see where this podcast takes us. Hey, I appreciate the honesty because that is literally what we're about. Oh. So today we're going to be talking about the uh, week eight games. And we already talked about one, the Panthers and the Falcons earlier in our previous podcast. We Which bo- we were both wrong about. We were, we were wrong. I Now, I did want to make an argument for the Falcons but I didn't have the balls to do it. I did not have Me the balls too. to do it. Me too. I'm telling you, like, I, I, I wanted to make that case. And then Calvin Ridley went out. I'm like, I. So the Falcons started 0-5, right, we, as we all know. And since then, after Thursday night's game, they're 2-1. They're the problem is, is that one that they lost, they've lost in, the, like, the most typical Falcon fashion imaginable which makes it so hard to have any kind of faith in the Falcons. I think the Falcons have to be the hardest team to predict in in the league. Sure, because you look at how stacked they are on offense, but how porous they are on defense, Mm -hmm. especially starting 0-5. And some of those first five losses were fucking uncanny. Like, talking about a a team that can fucking – take you all the way up to six minutes in the fourth quarter and then just completely let you down. Um, They're, they're, they're horrible to try and predict. And I really thought after Teddy Bridgewater showing, even though he missed a little bit of time in in the game against the Falcons uh, Mm -hmm. on Thursday, like I was a bad hit. That was, he took a bad hit there. Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah, It was a horrible hit. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I, I believe that I believe the Panthers, with what they showed against the saints, I really thought I'm like, yeah, they're, this is not going to be close. Yeah. And like, it didn't help me in fantasy wise, especially because you and I are going up against each other. When Cal- Calvin Ridley went out at the end of the second half, uh, second quarter, uh-huh. <clears throat> I, I, I really, th- I was like, okay, no, I'm like, and now Teddy Bridgewater needs to put the foot on the gas. And it just didn't fucking happen, dude. I, right. Teddy Bridgewater has one of the safest floors, but most limited ceilings of any quarterback I've seen in a very long time. I mean, all, I mean, it all has to go with, I mean, sure. Like he's I would almost argue the exact opposite because his ceiling could be fucking huge because you don't know what that defense is going to give up on a weekly basis. I mean, it could be, but he hasn't hit that ceiling, and his floor has been consistent. He is around 15 to 20 points pretty much every week. So, but but moving on, because that's not what we're here to talk about. We have uh, 13 other games to cover, including our two upset picks of the week. By yes. the way, if you are a first-time listener, you got to listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us on Spotify. Uh, follow us. On Twitter at unsport comment again at unsport comment, but let's go ahead and dive right in. 
Patriots Bills. That's the first game I got here. Buffalo favored by four. Tyler, who you got? Um, I got the Bills in this one. The line's only three and a half. Um, and I think that's not necessarily fair considering how bad <clears throat> Cam Newton has played. Um, I mean, just look to last week. Cam Newton got picked off three times by a defense full of second stringers. Mm -hmm. Um, His receiving options didn't get any better. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Josh Allen, uh, he, he didn't, he didn't look great against the jets. Right. And he, he like, like, he looked really fucking bad against the Jets, but I can't really put all that on Josh Allen because when you're talking about an NFL offense, what helps set up the pass game? It's the run game. Well, it doesn't help when your run game is at least 50% coming from your quarterback and they're not designed runs. He, a lot, a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of Josh Allen's runs are coming off of, well, everyone's covered. I'm going to go. Yeah. Here's something crazy from the last game. The starting running back for the Bills, Devin Singletary, got outrushed by both the quarterback and the backup running back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that's the problem. However, I look at this game, and both teams are kind of uh, going through a bit of a a funk right now. Now their team playing especially well. The Bills uh, have won one of their last three games, and that one win was against a, a horrible Jets team where they did not put up a single touchdown and only only put up field goals. The Patriots have just, I mean, they've looked bad. They, they've looked really bad. And I look at these two teams, and I say the Bills bad has been a lot better than the Patriots bad because the Patriots bad has been something horrific. No, you're right. Josh Allen has started three career games. <clears throat> Damn it! Excuse me. Against the Buffalo, uh, against the New England Patriots, mm-hmm. he's completed 48.4 percent of his passes, and he's averaging 192.6 passing yards per game. And three that stretch is thrown, three touchdowns, five interceptions. Yeah, but that's looking at who the Patriots were on defense over the last two years. Right. That was they're, missing a, they're missing a lot of those key pieces. Yes. Yes. Stephon Gilmore has shown that he can get burnt mm-hmm. against formidable opponents. Like George, like they were lining up Stephon Gilmore against George Kittle and George Kittle was burning him as a tight end. Right. You throw a good receiving option against Stephon Gilmore, like a Stephon Diggs. That maybe Stefan gets held to a somewhat decent type of like less than expected game Mm -hmm. that opens up, at least on the fantasy side of it, it opens up the game for John Brown, who's coming back, Cole Beasley, and you can't forget about Singletary or uh Zach Zach, Moss in the past game, yeah. Um, so but it's it's a three and a half. I'm sorry, you, you, what's the line you have? So I got the line at. Four. Uh, I got these numbers about a half hour ago, so I don't know how recent your line is. This is the most recent line that I got. I'm looking on ESPN right now. I don't. 
Buffalo at four, I'm taking the over. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I do too. Um, I, again, it's neither team gives you a whole lot of confidence uh, with the way they've played recently, but Buffalo's bad has looked a lot, lot better than, than the Patriots bad. So I, I agree with you. I'm taking Buffalo and over. Let's go ahead and go to the next game. Titans and Bengals. Uh, Titans are six and a half point favorites, which again, I, I feel like the Titans are just kind of ge- like generally disrespected by Vegas. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the Titans get a lot of their offense and a lot of their production in the second half. Because you you mm-hmm. you look how they were – the Titans were actually favored against the Steelers. Correct. And by, by, I think, a point and a half. Point and a half. It yes. was two. It was close. It wasn't yeah. a field goal. Correct. But at half, the Steelers were up – 28 to 7, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of this line comes from the fact that Tennessee doesn't really wake up offensively until the second half. Um, yeah. I could also see this. I, I, I've got the Titans winning. I have the Titans covering. I, I just – I could also see this turning into a little bit more of a shootout than most people would anticipate when you're talking about a five and one team going up against a one, five and one team mm-hmm. uh, because both teams have below average defenses mm-hmm. and Burrow has shown like, yeah, his, he only has one win as a starter, but the dude's been putting up numbers. Yeah. Like, then yeah. he he is he is trying to will this team into contention in games. Mm-hmm. Um, I just it's not enough for me to bet on the Bengals. I'm taking the Titans it over. I would be comfortable if that line was seven. Give me the Titans at the over. So I agree with pretty much everything that you said there. Uh, the Titans have been for the past season and a half a slow starting team, but yet nevertheless a dominant team, and that that's that's part of their game plan. They're they're not trying to blow you out in the first half. They're trying to wear you down in the first half. They're trying to tire out that defensive line, those linebackers, by running Derrick Henry up the middle. They're not looking to blow you out in the first half. I mean, if they do, great, right? Like that's like you know bonus points, but. That, that's not their MO. That's not their game plan. I, I agree with you that I think this game could be a little bit more of a high-scoring shootout than people realize because, one, the Titans are a high-scoring team, and, two, they have a bad defense. Yep. The Bengals have been able to be scrappy and keep up with people, uh, even though they're not necessarily getting the wins as of, as of yet. Right. I think this game will be a lot closer than people realize or expect at halftime maybe even going into the, the fourth quarter. But at that point, I think the Titans will, will distinct, distinguish themselves as the better team. Yes. So that, that's the game script I see happening. I see it being somewhat close, then a little bit Titans ahead, and then the Titans pulling away. Yes, and, and, and you look at the Bengals are ranked for 21st in points allowed per game. Mm-hmm. The Titans are tied for 16th, and you're right the Titans game is to beat that front seven down 
with Derrick Henry through the first half and then open up the play action game throughout it. But I don't, there's nobody really other than who's it, Carlos Dunlap, their defensive end. Uh, well, yeah. but he plays for the fucking Seahawks now because his ass just got traded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Derrick yeah. Henry's not going to have to run through a lot of formidable opponents like he had to do against the Steelers. Correct. Um, I don't see it being super close, but I could see it being a close game at halftime and then just turning right. into an absolute blowout in the second half. Right. Um, yeah, give me Tennessee at the over. Yeah, I, I would take them over at 10 points, I think, in this one. And that's not a dig of the Bengals. I I, I don't think the Bengals are, are, are a – complete trash team I, I think they're a very competitive team and even though they're not likely to win a lot of games they're going to stay close in a lot of games but i just i don't see them keeping up with the titans through seven weeks i think the Bengals haven't figured out a quarterback joe burrow has shown enough to like mm-hmm. he he's an nfl caliber starting quarterback franchise type of dude absolutely absolutely um they have good receiving options aj green's kind of coming back into form a little bit tyler boyd is a monster in the slot uh and t higgins is he's a solidified number two let aj green get the fuck out of the way t higgins takes over the number one spot not tyler boyd Mm -hmm. um and they have they have good rushing options like joe mixon's joe mixon is not a super sexy like rb like high-end rb1 type caliber guy in fantasy but he'll get the job done and Giovanni Bernard is a good number two. I just – they need to build that defense. They need to – more importantly, f- fuck the defense at this point. You need to build that line. You right. need to get Burrow. You need, you need to get Burrow mm-hmm. some time to get through his fucking reads before he right. has fucking three people in his goddamn face. I, I agree 100% because, uh, I mean, the Titans, who they're playing this week, have shown – you don't need a great defense to win games, right? You, you just need a, an efficient offense and a defense that's good enough to, to score, to, to prevent as many points as you're putting up on the board. Like that, that's all you need. The Titans have not been winning because they're playing teams better defensively. They're, they're no. just outscoring teams. Yeah. Like this includes a 31-30 win over the Vikings. This includes a, a one touchdown win over the Texans in overtime. They've eked out some wins, and it's not because their defense is balling out, it's because their offense is balling out. Right. And you have Joe Burrow with a like you said, good receiving core, pretty decent running back options, just just no no offensive line. Fix up that off- offensive line and, and they'll be they'll be doing some some damage. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you have the Titans covering. I have yes. the Titans covering. So six and a half point favorites. We both feel like they're going to cover that. Let's go ahead and move on to the Raiders and the Browns, which is a two and a half point line in favor of Cleveland, which means that it's not quite enough for us to use this game as an upset pick of the week, which I would love because I do have the Raiders taking this one. Wow. Okay, cool. We disagree early. <clears throat> Um, I honestly like even at two and a half, I almost like I considered this as an upset pick. Um, Browns at five and two, the Raiders three and three. The line is in favor two and a half yep. in Cleveland's favor. Yep. Okay, yep. cool. That hasn't changed. 
Um, I think this Browns offense looks much better without OBJ in it. <laughs> much better. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. The Bengals, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I'm not going to be a dude who's getting super high on Baker Mayfield and the Browns after beating up Cleveland. Baker Mayfield's 4-0 against the Browns. He's 4-0. And they were a worse team last year than they are this year. And that was not a huge improvement considering the fact that both games have turned into a shootout this year. Hold on. I mean, some clarification. You said Baker Mayfield's 4-0 against the Browns. Did you mean the Raiders? No, I, I, I'm sorry. He's 4-0 against the Bengals. Oh, okay. Who All he right. beat up last week. That, and, that's, okay. and that's the vicious cycle. Like, Baker Mayfield gets criticized, then he beats up on a on a bad opponent, and it's just like, oh, okay. All the haters, shut the fuck up. He's figured the fuck out. He's 4-0 against the Bengals. Like, mm-hmm. no, he hasn't figured it out. But he looked great without the pressure of having to deliver targets to OBJ. That's funny because I said that last week, and and you you gave me all sorts of hell for saying that Baker Mayfield looked good for a game. Uh, uh, wait, are you talking about on Tuesday? Yeah, yeah. Um, he looked better without OBJ, but he was still playing the Bengals. Sure. And sure, both sure. both games both games this year against the Bengals have turned into shootouts, which they should not. When you look at the who they have on both sides of the ball compared to Cincinnati. The narrative on my narrative on Baker Mayfield has not changed. He is not a good quarterback. He's not a consistent quarterback. Yeah. He's not even a game manager up to this point. I agree. I I was just trying to say last week he had a good game, which he had a good game. That's all I was trying to say. He had a good game last week. Yes. Against the Bengals, against inferior competition. Fine. It was still a good game. It was a it was good. a better game than anyone had expected Baker Mayfield to throw. Well, it was a better game than Cam Newton had, who you had rated as your number eight quarterback for the week. I'm... Sure, but no one saw Baker Mayfield I going mean, twenty-two Jesus for twenty-eight Christ. for five touchdowns. No, nobody did. But at the same time, like everyone thought, especially with these inferior opponents opponents coming up, like the the run game would be heavily featured mm-hmm. it really hasn't like they give up on the run really quick when you're talking about like a kareem hunt only having like 13 14 carries like you're not doing that with nick chubb you need to feed him dude especially against bad defenses it's, it's exactly what they need to do this week against the raiders because the Raiders have a la- are are are, t- are are dead last in rushing touchdowns against them mm-hmm. defensively. Like yeah. you need to feed Kareem Hunt. You can't just go one. Oh well, he only got two yards. Uh, now we need to bomb at forty yards. No, they need to establish some consistency on the offensive side of the ball. They need to establish a rhythm, which. I won't even blame like Stefanski's part of the problem. Freddie Kitchens was part of the problem. Hugh Jackson was part of the problem. Like they were not, they've never been able to establish a consistent rhythm on offense. And it's Mm -hmm. sheer lack due to the fact they are not willing to run the ball. If if it doesn't get at least seven yards on first down, they're going to go ahead and just give up on it. That does seem to be the case since Nick Chubb went out because when Nick Chubb was still healthy and they had the two pronged attack with him and Hunt, 
they were they seemed to be a lot more patient with the run. Like their run attempts were around 30 to 35 attempts per game. And since then that has drastically decreased. Uh it's gonna be interesting because the Raiders, uh Derek Carr has played well as of late. Sure. Um, I know last game uh against the Bucks wasn't his best game, but but overall he's had a good stretch over the last three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. And I, I see a very real opportunity for the Raiders to put the the Browns on their heels and have them throwing the ball, which, I mean, I know that Mayfield had his five-touchdown game last week. Mm-hmm. I st- I'll, I'll, take Derek, <laughs> I'll take Derek Carr in a shootout over Baker Mayfield. Neither um, one are, are <clears throat> especially se- sexy options there, but I will take Derek right. Carr. And I do think the Raiders have the, the potential to make that happen. So for that reason, I'm taking the Raiders in this one. It does sound like you are taking the Browns. I'm, t- I'm taking the Browns. Um, to cover? At two and uh, a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've got – you look at <clears> – <throat> when you're talking about that run game, you're talking about Nick Chubb being out, Kareem Hunt not mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. super great through uh, Nick Chubb's absence. Cleveland right. is 5-0. and oh. When Kareem Hunt finds the end zone in some form or fashion, whether it be running or receiving, they're 0 and 2 when he does not. Kareem Hunt, if they can get Kareem Hunt going, which they, this is probably, I'm going to assume this is probably at least the last or second to last week that Nick Chubb is out of this starting lineup. If you've been holding on and continuing to start this dude in fantasy, this is the week you're hoping, like, yeah, he's the featured piece in this offense. Yeah, I can see that. So let's go ahead. It seems like we had we got we got the lines down for this one. You're taking the Browns to cover. I'm taking the Raiders in this one. Let's yes. go ahead and move on to the Vikings and the Packers, which uh, Green Bay is favored by six points, which is uh, honestly a little bit surprising because they're playing a team that's somewhat on par with the Vikings in terms of uh, skill level and and team record, uh, which. When I say that, I mean the the Texans and the Packers absolutely demolished the tax the Texans last week. Yeah, Green Bay is favored by six. I got them covering. What do you got? Yeah, give me the over on it too. Yeah, <clears throat> and 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 here's the exact reason why I got them on the over. In week one, which was Devontae's only full healthy week up until last week. Mm-hmm. They played the Vikings. He torched them for 156 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. The Vikings can't cover anybody. Nobody. And I understand that on the opposite side of the ball, the Vikings have some threats too. Mm-hmm. And Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson's coming on. Justin Jefferson's making the case to look like he's one of the top two to three Wide receivers coming out of that draft. Yeah, he's, he's gonna have his name in the in the offensive rookie of the year absolutely competition. Like, I don't think he's gonna get it, but his name's gonna be there. I think like I think if you're looking at offensive rookie of the year right now, you're looking at like, Justin uh, Herbert. Oh sure, yeah, Her, I've, Herbert, uh, Joe Burrow, Burrow. yeah, and, and yeah. then you're looking at like Justin Jefferson, Chase yeah. Claypool. And then it's after that, all the wide receivers that were taken in front of him, like mm-hmm. Henry Ruggs, mm-hmm. 
Jerry Judy. I feel for CD Lamb because, you know, he had, I think he would have had, I don't think he would have had a, a, a real chance at winning, but his name would have been in that competition had Dak not gone down. So I do feel for CD Lamb that that one, he was playing very well until Dak went down, but, but go ahead and, and uh, make your case there for our Justin Jefferson. Cause he is also playing ex- exquisitely. Yeah. Jefferson's playing well, but I mean, that's, we're talking about end of the year awards. Um, right. Kirk cousins, 10 interceptions this season tied for the most in the NFL. Um, and when you're looking at the two defenses, you have to give the edge to green Bay because I mean, what the fuck do the Vikings have? Right. Um, no, give, give me green Bay at the over. <clears throat> I think Devonte Adams is going to shred this fucking secondary. Like, I don't, I think yeah. he's going to, I think he's going to replicate again, what he did last week against Houston. I don't even think it's going to kind of be close. It, it's um, it's very possible that the, the Vikings have to make a decision. Do they want to cover Devonte Adams who they obviously failed miserably to do in their in their first game or do they want to make other receivers beat them i don't know what their their solution is going to be but i'm going to go ahead and say whatever choice they pick is going to be the wrong one yeah no i get dude i got green bay is going to cover the fuck out of this game green bay's three and oh against the spread against minnesota since the start of last season some of the some of the line like picks that i'm looking at packers 37 Vikings 30. I don't even think it's going to be that close. Like I get, this is a double digit win for, for green Bay. I I agree. I agree. So let's go ahead and move on to the jets and the chiefs. (laughs) Not again, not a very sexy game here. However, how the fuck do you pick this game? Right. Because this one is much more interesting than the last one in the sense that the line is so ridiculous. Like, all right, we all, we all agree the Chiefs are going to win. Yeah. Like, me and you both agree on that. It's, like, not even a question. But the line is 20 and a half points. Oh, my God. I have it. it, it what I'm looking at is 19 and a half. No, it is currently at 20 and a half. So, essentially, three touchdowns, which, how do you predict that? Because the Chiefs, as good as they are, have not been putting away teams in the in the traditional sense because they've been doing a lot of experimenting and I could definitely see this game where they're playing against the hapless jets as one of those experimental games. We're like, Hey, let's see how Le'Veon Bell does. He he's got a revenge game coming up. Let's just go ahead and hand him the ball for, you know, 20 carries. Let's see how that pans out because we know the Jets aren't going to beat us and we would like to give him the stats. I got the chiefs on under and, 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 it's very hard for me to say that, but I got the Chiefs at under. I think they're going to win by about 14 to 17 points in that range. All signs are pointing for me to agree with you. <laughs> and I was hoping you were going to say you were taking them at the over. Give me the Chiefs at the over. At 20 and a half. I'm trying to create a little bit of distance between us. Sure. Um, I could also easily see this being like a 21 to nothing game. So, because the Chiefs aren't slumps on defense. Yeah. 
No, yeah, not, they're, they're, they're middle of the pack. And they're, not only that, they can also control the clock, which is something the Bills yes. failed to do last week. Um, yeah, give me a 20. Go ahead and give them to me at 21 and a half, meaning give, get, give me the Chiefs at 21. <laughs> I, I, I have little to no faith in that pick. I, I just, I just want to create a little separation because they are so bad. They're sure. The Jets are the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. I just uh, <laughs> fucking Jesus. And if this is a game where fucking Andy Reid decides to get cute and give. Le'Veon Bell revenge carries against a team that he did absolutely nothing for. Mm-hmm. I guess one thing if like if he was showing out and the team kept losing on like the defensive, but no, he didn't show out at all. Le'Veon Bell didn't do dick mm-hmm. through a season and a half and for the Jets. Like you can miss me with that. And I think Andy Reid is also a smart enough coach to go, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is the better back. You may be the better pass catching back. He's our guy who's running this fucking ball. Sure. But also, AJ Reed is the, the, a smart enough coach to say, hey, there's no way the Jets are beating us. We, we can throw out our second and third string teams out there. There is no way. There is no way the Jets are beating us. Why, are my, why am I going to risk any injury to any of our players? Well, yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um Especially because, it, oh no! It, I was about to say, especially because it's at the fucking Meadowland. No, no, it's it's in Kansas City. So they're not they're not playing on that cursed turf that has taken so many fucking people out due to injury. Um, I just, give, yeah, give them, give me the Jets at twenty point five because that's. <laughs> the, I, I don't want to agree with you on this game. If you were going to take the over, I was going to take the under. If you were going to take the under, I was taking the over. I, yeah, this had nothing to do with football and everything to do with us, right? Um, I, but, but I mean, like at, at twenty and a half, like if we it's, both, it's, a, it's a flip of a coin. Sure, if we yeah. both took the under, what's we were either going to be both right or we we're going to be both wrong. This is right. like one of those 50-50 toss-ups. Like, like it could go either way. Nobody fucking knows. Right, right. This is. One of us is getting an A, the other one's getting a C. It's not going to be a C and an F. It's going to be an A or a C. That's what it was absolutely. Yeah. All right, we got one more game to talk about before our break, and that's going to be the Rams and the Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins have been a bit of a surprise story this year. They are starting Tua, which you know, if anyone who's watched any kind of NFL news. They should be tracking that. They are starting to uh, good job. Yep. Douchebag. <laughs> against against the Rams. Uh do you have any reservations about having Tua have his making his first career start against Aaron Donald? Some, sure. And I would have my reservations if he was facing anybody but the Jets. Yeah. You don't know what you're getting out of Tua out of one drive. Right, right. It, all it could take is one drive against the Jets, by the way. <laughs> all, all it could take, all it could take is one solid shot to the hip, and his career's over. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm merely speaking at this point from a fantasy perspective. 
you don't know what you're getting. There's plenty of better options unless you're playing in a two-quarterback league. There's plenty of better streaming options mm-hmm. than Tua. Like, Tua, for all we know, could go out there, have a stinger through the first quarter, and get benched to put Fitz, Fitz Magic back in there. Yeah. Um, the Rams are not a slump. Person, me personally, I think this is a bad move by the Dolphins going with Tua. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like, I do yeah, too. I do too. They're, they're three and three, but they're in the thick of the fucking race for the NFC East. Yes. And Fitz has not looked bad. Not um, at all. No, not at all. I I did not see this being the time when they would make the move to to replace him with Tua, and that sucks because. Like you, you, you've seen the, the 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 interviews that he's he's done, where when when he found out that he was getting benched, like he was heartbroken and fucking all that. Like, but he's 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 paved. He's a career, he's a career journeyman. He he right. understands. Like I have to take the step back and help teach Tua. That's fine. Like right. which speaks to Fitz's character. Like I I'd be willing to bet a lot of people would not be okay. Like if Aaron Rodgers was being benched for Jordan Love this week, like. Oh, oh my oh, God! It would not yes. be even kind Horrible. of okay. Horrible, yeah. And um, and to Fitz's credit too, he has played well enough to deserve a starting role, right? Like he has not played like he he lost his starting job in a blowout win. <laughs> you know, it's not yeah. like he was playing bad. He was dominating so well that they're like, hey, let's go ahead and throw Tua in there for a drive. Yeah, and to his credit, like he the reason why he's shocked and, and disappointed, right? Like, let's go ahead and say disappointed. I think that's the best word that he is getting us uh, benched for Tua is because he was doing everything correct. And typically in this league where you do everything right, you don't get benched. And right. the Dolphins have just decided, now let's go ahead and play Tua. And Fitzpatrick has given us, I, th- I think the Dolphins are, are a little nervous that, they're going to have a little bit too high of a draft pick. And they're like, let's go ahead and play Tua for a bit. Because because Fitz has done everything that they needed him to do. And he is a consummate professional. So as disappointed as he is, you know that he is going to come out and support Tua and do the right things uh, to help Tua succeed as much as is possible. Now, Here's what I want to ask you. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, are you trading for Fitzpatrick? No. I I actually think that's more of a question for a Miami Dolphins type side. Like, if you get got calls from Dallas Mm -hmm. for Fitz, Mm -hmm. how much would you be asking for? Right. Um, I don't think it would be smart for Miami – to trade fits at this point, you have no idea what you're getting out of your right. number five overall pick. Right. Um, at least at this point for, for Dallas dude, tank tank. You want to decide to bring back Dak back, which you should, because mm-hmm. it's been glaring over the last two weeks, but they're um, not gonna, <laughs> you know, Jerry Jones is not gonna, there's going to be something. Something is going to happen in Dallas. I well, know that you, for a fact. If you don't and you have a top five draft pick, draft your next quarterback. 
Who gives a shit? Like, I, I Miami should not be moving off of Fitz unless you, uh, I mean, Fitz isn't worth top money, mm-hmm. top draft, top draft capital. But if, if someone like Dallas, who's stupid sometimes in deals, offers you like a third rounder for him, yeah, pull the trigger. Fuck it. Let's Absolutely. see what happens. Yeah. Let's see yes. what happens, yes. man. Yes. I just, I, I also like Dallas should just go ahead and tank the rest of the season out, even though Jerry Jones will never have the the balls to come out and say, yeah, we're act no, we're actually tanking. Right, like, right. No, we're in this competitively, <laughs> even though we just got our dicks kicked in by the football. <laughs> yeah. They, they, no. they, they just got their asses whooped by a team that has no name. No name. They're the no football name. team. They're the football team in the football league. Most un-American thing ever. Um, but the Rams, you have the line at three and a half. Uh, correct. Okay. I've got the Rams covering. I do too. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I think Darnold's going to be too much of a fucking problem for, uh, this would have been a much more interesting line if Fitz were starting, but with Tua starting, I have very little reservation. Give me the Rams at three and a half. I honestly would have taken the same line if Fitz was starting for the Dolphins. I would have. I I may have as well, but it would. It's have just, been it's much, just easier. It's much, yeah, it's much easier to pull the trigger on this one. Yeah, it's Tua. easier. It's easier when you you've got a rookie quarterback who you don't know what the fuck you're getting. Right, and the Rams are no slouches when it comes to pressuring the quarterback. Like that. That is. Not their weakness. They they're very good at pressuring the quarterback. Uh, I think that we are going to see the Dolphins as good as they have been to start the year. I think we're going to start to see them take a step back and and start to build more towards towards that draft. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. That does it for the first segment. We got six more, excuse me, five more games coming up in the in the second segment, followed by our upset picks of the week. So everyone stay tuned. More football talk coming up. Yes. Welcome back, everybody. Oh. It is time to catch oh. you off guard. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I have <any> <laughs> Oh, I was about to take another bite. You're good. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) it is time (laughs) to talk about the the second slate of games. And the first game on the docket is the Chargers and the Broncos. Chargers currently have a a three-and-a-half-point line in their favor. Justin Herbert has been playing out of his mind really all season. Like he said – one or two decent games, and every other game has been pretty darn good. I'll say the one game he the, the one game he had as a dud was right. against the Panthers, which they lost, which was his second career start. Correct. I mean, um, he has played well. Tyrod Taylor, who's that guy? I don't even I don't remember who that guy is. That that is what Justin Herbert has done. Yeah, three and a half, dude, against the Broncos team that. It's lackluster. I, I thought there'd be a little bit more with with uh, you know Locke and Noah Fant coming back into the fold. It 
Maybe it takes a little bit more time, but I'm sorry. I'm hard-pressed to pick against the Chargers in this one, especially when you look at – you look at – I'm not even talking a Chargers team. Justin Herbert, who's gone toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. Now, he lost all three of those games. His first career start came in week two where he got notified five minutes before kickoff that, hey, you're starting. This is your first <laughs> NFL career start, and you're playing the Super Bowl champions. Yeah. Took him to overtime. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure there. Yeah. <laughs> and he lost against uh, uh, New Orleans on the road on Monday Night Football in mm-hmm. overtime. Mm-hmm. Another overtime loss. And then uh, against uh, – against, against, it's not even Brady. It's against the rest of the 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 Broncos or the Buccaneers squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was called like that was the, the week those two matched up. Like that was my upset pick of the week, and they were leading at half by a significant margin. Mm-hmm. Um, going up against a Broncos team that really hasn't offered up a whole hell of a lot outside of their field goal kicking win against the Patriots. Yeah, give give me give me the Chargers at the over. I agree a hundred percent. And what what's interesting is that coming into the season, you looked at the quarterback position uh, situation for each team, and you look at the Broncos. You're like, all right, they got the quarterback that they like uh, moving forward. And you look at the Chargers, and they're like, all right, we're, we're not sure what they got going on. They got Tyra Taylor, who is gonna, you know, kind of. Fill, fill the, the hole for a while. And we got Justin Herbert, who may or may not be a bust. We, we don't really know. Well, you, you, halfway through the season, or, or almost halfway through the season, one team has their quarterback situation figured out. The other team does not. No, you're right. Um, and I can't I, – I won't necessarily agree with you that – the Broncos haven't figured their quarterback situation out because Drew Locke has proven to be effective for the Broncos, but he got hurt, missed a couple of games this year already. Mm-hmm. You got a defense that's missing Von Miller. Bradley Chubb mm-hmm. is now out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton went on the IR. He's gone for the year with a shoulder injury. Um, I, I, I'm not completely sold that Drew Locke isn't the guy when all things, when when every other aspect of the game is correct for the Broncos. Um, sure, but you're also not completely sold that he is the guy. Whereas with the Chargers, you are sold that Justin Herbert is their guy. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, dude. Right, like, it, 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 Justin Herbert is the guy. Like taking him at five and get me. Tyrod Taylor was the expected starter and he started the first game. I honestly, I'll talk my head, remember who they played, but they lost. Yeah. And Tyrod Taylor looked bad. And then he got his lung Mm -hmm. punctured, which almost at this point is looking like (laughs) it was a premeditated move. Blessing in disguise right there. Right. (laughs) Because Herbert's come in and he has looked so good for this fucking team. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the guy going forward. No doubt about it. Um, I just, 
there's so many questions on the defensive side of the ball for the Broncos, not even taking into uh, taking into account all the questions on the Broncos offensive side of the ball mm-hmm. to make me think that the chargers are not covering this game. No, I agree. And by the way, the, the first game was against the Bengals, which the Bengals lost to the chargers. That was Tyra Tyra Taylor's one and only win for the chargers. Like, did they he win is, that game? He did. They did. Uh, 16 and 13. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then you had one, two, three, four games, which Justin Herbert lost. And at the same time, while he was losing these games, you, you no one in their right mind was thinking, yeah, this guy should be sitting in place of Tyrod Taylor. No. Justin Herbert is their guy. And I was very happy to see him get their very first win against the Jags last week. Uh, they won by 10 in that one. And it, he had it coming. Like, he, he deserved it. it. It was on the way. If at this point in the season, Tyrod Taylor had more wins than Justin Herbert, something was horribly wrong. Yeah, you're right. No. Nah. Herbert is the guy going forward. Tyrod Taylor should not be getting another look at QB one for the rest of the year. Correct. Like barring, barring injury. I agree a thousand percent. Yeah. So we both have the chargers covering in that one. Let's go ahead and move into the saints and the bears. Uh, two teams who have, I don't, I don't know, not necessarily risen despite their records have, haven't quite met the expectations for the season. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, the big question coming into this year was, is it Mitchell Trubisky or is it Nick Foles? Like, right. And for the Bears, ran, yeah, yep, yep. For the Bears, sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super worried. You're looking at a five, five and two Bears team and a four and two Saints team. I'm more worried about the Bears than I am, and they have the better record. Mm-hmm. Um. Both teams are going to be without their 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 top wide receiving options. Uh, Michael Thomas already ruled out for the Saints, mm-hmm. but for Chicago, Allen Robinson is listed as doubtful, which means he's not playing. Right. The the Saints have had to figure out ways to win with their offense because their defense has not been good. Mm-hmm. Um. They've had to figure out ways over the last three to four weeks without Michael Thomas. This is the first week the Bears are going to go into where they don't have Allen Robinson because Allen Robinson went into the concussion protocol on Wednesday. Correct. He's out. Like, no, he mm-hmm. is. He, they listed him as doubtful on Friday. He's not. He is not playing. Mm-hmm. I, I. A lot of people see this as a bet, bounce back game for Nick Foles. I saw the the Monday night matchup as a bounce back for Nick Foles and he didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think Nick Foles is a slightly better Mitchell Trubisky. He can make the plays when he has to, but when you're looking to deliver in the clutch, he's not going to do it. And the only argument you can make is the fact that he has a Super Bowl ring. Um, I just, 
I would love to pick the Bears in this game strictly from the defensive side of the ball. Give me the Saints. The line's at what? Five and a half points. Give me the Saints at under. Saints at under. Give me the Saints at under. I think it's a field goal win because both teams are struggling on offense and one team has a better defense in the Bears, but the Bears are struggling harder on offense than the Saints are. Give me the Saints at under. I think it's a field goal win. Yes. So, yeah, I, I have the Saints ticket. This one I have been covering. Um, like you said, the Saints are uh, used to playing without their guys for this season. The Bears are not used to playing without their top receiver. And even though you, you might say, oh, well, look at Allen Robinson. Look at what he did last week. And he, he didn't do much. Sure. But even when he's not doing much, the defense has to respect his presence on the field, right? Yep. And the Saints, that, that is one one really, really talented football player they do not have to worry about in their game planning at all this week. Even if he does play, which when it's doubtful at this point in the week, he, he's probably not. Even if he does play, it's going to be very sparingly. The Saints are are adjusted and used to going with the team that they got, and they've been getting wins. They've been able to get a winning record. I have a hard time taking the Saints and under. I think that it will be a bit closer than people realize. I think a lot of people are expecting the Saints to blow out the Bears. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But I I have the Saints. Uh, I, I have money by about a touchdown. See, but like going back to last week, like, yes, the Saints are used to winning games without their top option. Mm-hmm. But are they covering? Going back to last week, no. Right. That was the Lion? Or no, not the Lions. No, Fuck. no. It was the Panthers, wasn't it? It was the Panthers. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Saints didn't cover against the Panthers team that, that could not beat the Falcons. I think the Saints are limited as to what they can do on offense. The Bears mm-hmm. are better defensively than the sure. Panthers are. And they can hone in more on an Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray type of tandem. And then all you really have to focus on that outside. It, it, I mean, if Emmanuel Sanders comes off the COVID list, cool. That's the one guy you really have to worry about in the pass game. <laughs> sure. But he, here's the thing. The Saints have been – very actually very good top 10 when it comes to the run defense which means the bears will have to pass and i don't know how much faith anyone has with the bears passing i think this is a game where it's you know if you're if you're betting who's winning it's it's very clearly the saints are are the heavy favorites you can make an argument either way on if they're going to cover the line or not i'm i'm taking them at over you're taking me, them an under. Yeah, give me the Saints an under. I, I okay. do believe the Saints are going to win this game. I just think it's going to be a field goal separation between the two scores. Sure. I'm looking at more of a touchdown, but either way, we can both agree this probably is not going to be a blowout. No, absolutely not. So let's go ahead and move on to the next game, which is the Seahawks against your boys, the Niners. 
I know that you you have a deep appreciation for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, no, <laughs> I don't. I have a deep I have a deep appreciation for Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's fair. Yes. The Seahawks as a whole, no, they can get bent. Um you, you can't you can't discredit what Russell Wilson has done in his career. You can't. No. The dude outside of those three years that they had the Legion of Boom, mm-hmm. like he has no he's had no help. No line, no offensive line whatsoever, and he still makes it happen. It, sure. it is absolutely insane how good he has been. That and that's talking about with no O line. Mm-hmm. Now he has no D line. He has pretty good linebackers. Yeah. You still got Bobby Wagner. Yeah, sure, sure. You have no secondary. None. Jamal Adams, Mm-mm. unlikely to play. Shaquille Mm-mm. Griffin already ruled out. Yeah. You have no, those are your two best guys. Right. They got none. Like like a Catholic sister. None. All right. These guys. <laughs> you are such a douche. <laughs> no, but the Seahawks have always had a glaring hole in their team for the past, as long as I can remember, five, ten, I don't know how many years. Ever since Russell Wilson has been on that team, you cannot discount the Seahawks. And Well, no, no. They no, just had their first loss of the season last week. Do you think they're going to lose again? There are three-year stretch where they had the Legion of Boom with Sherman, uh, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, mm-hmm. and whoever was playing the other fucking cornerback position. Right. He had help. Now, especially after twenty the 2015 season, no, he really hasn't had much help, which makes me very hard to bet against him. Even as a 49ers fan. I'm assuming you have the Seahawks covering. Yeah, they're favored by three. Yeah. And at that line, like if it was seven, I I I take the under. But at three, look, this is gonna be an unpredictable game because these are two rivals who have played each other very, very fiercely uh within the division over the past few years. I do have the Seahawks covering. If the line was any more than three, I don't know that I would. But at three points, I got to take the over. I'm going to be kicking myself Sunday night if I'm wrong. Because there's so many reasons that point towards why the 49ers could be competitive and potentially win this game. I think they will be competitive. But strictly talking from a football standpoint. I'm taking the Seahawks at over. I'm telling you right now, like they're every fiber of my being wants to pick the 49ers. Mm-hmm. There's just one huge part of that team that I don't trust. Jimmy G. This is going to turn into a shootout. You've got a bad defense with a great offense mm-hmm. and you've got a good defense. A, a, a middle of the pack defense that's full of second stringers, third stringers. That offense ain't missing missing a whole hell of a lot. I mean, yeah, Debo's out. 
Mostert's out. Fucking Jeff Wilson Jr.'s out. You can find running backs to fill those holes. Ayuk has been able to step in for fucking Debo, so I'm not super worried about that. I I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo getting into a shootout. Mm-hmm. I don't. And even if I had a little bit of faith that he could do it, because he's done it. He did it last year against New Orleans. Yep. It's just, it's it's not going to happen. It's, yeah, it's, I think that at this point, we, we can safely say that when a Garoppolo gets a, a huge game, that's more the exception than the rule. Not to say that the Niners are a bad team, but Garoppolo specifically his big games are more exception than rule. No, fuck it. Fuck it. I'm taking the 49ers. I don't give a fuck. Give me the 49ers. Okay. Give me the 49ers. <laughs> I like it. I, 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 to win? I, to win? To, to win. Here's to why. win. To win. Here's why. All right. Um, <laughs> All right. Let's hear it. The biggest problem, because there have been no real big improvements on that Seattle defensive side of the ball. Uh-huh. From last year, outside of Jamal Adams, who's not playing. Or more more than likely not to play. The biggest disruption that Jimmy Garoppolo had in both of those games against Seattle last year was Jadavian Clowney, who now plays for the Titans. Is it the same Jimmy G as last year? Last year we saw Jimmy G put up some great games. Jimmy G has I not th- been I the same the f- guy this I'm year. Not, I'm not. I'm not putting my faith in Jimmy G. I'm putting my faith in the Kyle Shanahan run first offense. I think they'll be able to. Con- I'm. Th- this is me going all in. I think they'll be able to control the ball, control the clock. Give me the 49ers. Okay. Plus, it, it, if I'm right, it separates us by two. So all right. So I have put it in here into the report card. I'm taking the Seahawks to cover at three points. So you're taking the Niners to win, which obviously means they are uh, going to cover on their end if that does happen. So let's go ahead and move on to the next game, which is <laughs> two teams. <laughs> you already know the division I'm talking about. <laughs> Cowboys and Eagles. I mean, who fucking cares? Who you? Well, I mean, you by ten. Yeah, give it ten give and a half. 10. ten and a half. Oh, ten. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, give it. Yeah, me too. Give it. Yeah, I mean, dude. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sure his name is somewhere in. Maybe Denucci. Denucci. I think is Denucci. A uh, Ben Denucci. Yes. Yes. Ben Denucci. Yeah. Yeah. No. If Andy Dalton couldn't look okay in that offense, it certainly isn't going to be him. No. Like, here, here's the crazy thing. I see a realistic path to the Cowboys covering the line. Not because the Cowboys or any faith I have in the Cowboys, but because the Eagles have been that disappointing this yeah. season, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, I but at the same time, you can't. Like, the Cowboys look so awful. Like, they're so shit right now. The Eagles have legitimately been pulling. They've been single score games, <laughs> even against the Giants, where they got a one point win. Like, no, I, I just have a hard time. If the if the football team can beat the brakes off this team, and they have nothing outside of their front four, the Eagles have a better than most front four, and they have a good secondary. 
Ben DiNucci is going to have a really, really rough day against this team. And I don't even know who's, who his backup is. A Cooper Rush? Because there was reports coming out they were bringing him back. Like, a part of me wants to be like, yeah, the Cowboys can cover the line. Like, all right, they're they're not winning this one, but they, they can cover the line. But we don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. And as of right now, it's Ben DiNucci. And look, no offense, Ben, if, if you're listening, which I'm, I'm – <laughs> I doubt you are, but me and you both know you're not, you're not, you're not doing much against the Eagles. Um, Ben, if you're listening, uh, this would prove as to why you were a seventh round pick <laughs> because this is not the type <laughs> of fucking podcast you should be listening to um, because we're going to slam you yeah. because you suck. Yeah. You and this is what sucked is like when when you were when Ben DiNucci replaced Dalton, mm-hmm. that first throw, that first throw to Amari Cooper looked, it looked really good. good. Yeah, it looked good, yeah. It looked good. It was and like a twenty I yard strike. Yeah, don't know what happened from there. I mean, Ben DiNucci happened from there, but like, yeah, no, I mean, look, dude, at at, at this level, if you're if you're a pro quarterback, whether it's a bench, you know, rookie pro season veteran whatever you you could make the throw the question is can you do it consistently ben denucci cannot do it consistently whatsoever i mean i it's a little too early to say he got thrown into a really bad game sure. who knows maybe he can yeah, who, sure. I, I would bet that he couldn't um but it would not be insane given what the philadelphia eagles have shown us that that the cowboys cover the line this is the Sunday night game. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone in America who has who is tired of the first two rounds of football games has to watch this horse shit. Wouldn't wouldn't you rather watch a, even a depleted but a Seahawks 49ers game as a, at, at least it's a, it's still a divisional game. It's going to be a hell of a lot closer than this horse shit. I can think of 13 other games. I would <laughs> and it's literally every other game. So let's go ahead and move on to the, the last game of the segment. Oh God. We, have, we both have the Eagles covering, correct? Yes. Yes. All right. It's like, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not fully confident because the Eagles haven't been that bad, but let's just go ahead and roll with it. Bucks giants. That's, that's the last game of the segment. The Bucks are 12-point favorites as of right now. Where are you going? Where are you going with this? Give me the over. You're taking the give, over. Give me the over. Okay. I got I Tampa Bay's winning this by at least 14. There's it's, not much. It's very possible. There's not much argument to make. The Giants have nobody. The Giants defense has not been terrible. The, it hasn't the been Bucks, The Bucks offense has not been amazing. They've been good, and they are down with God that Godwin is not playing. <clears throat> I've taken the Bucks under just because. Look, I don't think this game is going to be particularly close, but I do think the Bucks will cover. Uh, excuse me, the Giants will cover the twelve point line. I don't agree with you. I'm sorry. Um, the Bucks are going to stomp this team the fuck out. Yeah, they haven't looked terrible, but I mean, as opposed to what. Dominant team have they played so far? The Dallas Cowboys, duh. 
I, I, tried, a, I, I tried saying that with a straight face. All and right? that was I a tried. game. I tried. That was a game where Dak Prescott played three quarters of. Hey, they played. They played the Washington football team close, and the Washington football team spanked the Philadelphia Eagles. So, you know, there's something. What do you do? I don't is know. It, is it the, time to give up your seat? Do I have to? Do I have to find someone to replace you? No. Because look, look. I, I think this is going to be somewhere around the around a, a ten point game. All right. I, I don't. I don't. You're think so that, dumb. No. Stop, You're so stop, dumb. Stop. Okay. Stop. Oh, oh, stop. Oh, 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 so stop, right. stop. 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 Uh, I'm so dumb. Okay. Yeah, you are. Fucking the Giants idiot. don't have any shot of winning this game, but they do have a shot of keeping it within ten points, and the spread is te- is twelve. So I'll take the Giants. I think they're losing by 10. I'll, I'll take them at that. You, you got nothing to say to that. What was the line? 12. No, shut up. The what was the line 12. last? I'm not. I wasn't asking what the line is this week. What was the line last week for Tampa Bay against the Raiders? Uh... Let me pull that up. That's going to take me a minute. I think it was around six or seven, though, is, is what it came out to. What was the final score? Uh, 45 to 20. Yes. 45 to 20. The Raiders are a better team than the Giants are. It's going to be more than a 12 and a half point win. That's a lot to presume off one week. The Bucks are five and two, and the Giants have won one game. Sure. Whatever, dude. If you, <laughs> if, you be, if you want to believe that the Bucks are gonna figure it the fuck out, or I'm sorry, not the Bucks, the Giants are gonna figure it out to not to just make sure the Bucks don't cover the line. Go right ahead. I will take another A. I appreciate that, buddy. All right. Look, I don't think the Giants are gonna figure it out as much as I don't think the Giants are as bad defensively as everyone claims them to be. And I don't think that Bucks offensively are as good as everyone thinks they are. So that, that, that is, that is my argument. What? What? <laughs> uh, so I, what did you just say? You looked like you had a piece of shit stuck to your upper Dude, lip. Because I could not <laughs> believe what the fuck you just said. Look, I don't think the giants defensively are horrible. And I don't think the Bucks offensively are wonderful. So give me the under. Give me the under. I'm taking the under. All right. I'm rolling the dice. I'm taking the under. Could it be? Could it be a 14 point game? Sure. Absolutely. That is very reasonable. I will take the Giants at the under because I feel like gambling. So there we go. Okay. Dumbass. <laughs> we have not made any side bets yet this week. We got to do that at some point. Okay, I mean, we only got two games left to bet on, so well, we got a lot of fancy. We got a, lot, a whole slew of fancy players still to bet on. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, well, but we also do have a side bet going on currently, which is with, with the Baltimore Ravens. What was that? I think it was. Uh, what was the stretch? We had him going. It was at five or. It was, it was either a three- or five-game stretch where you took them at the over and I took them at the under. Let's take a quick look. 
So they got the Steelers, Colts, Patriots, Titans, and then the Steelers. Oh, I took them at three and two. You took them at two and three. Oh, okay. That's actually it, and, and it, it is uh, recorded on a previous podcast. I have them going three and two through those three games. Actually, it might be reversed. Three and two is through five games. Dumbass. You, dude, you make me not want to do this shit with you. I think I actually took the under on the Ravens. I think I had that backwards. We'll, we'll have to fact check it. But for no, right you now, abs- no, you absolutely took the over. You had them beating the Steelers at least once. Okay. You had them beating the Colts, beating the Patriots, and being competitive against the Titans. So I have them winning three times. And you took them at two times. I took I took them at two and three through that stretch, and I took them at three and two. All right, so I guess that's kind of a side bet. We'll have to look into that. But for right now, that does it for this segment. The last two games we got coming up are upset picks of the week. So everyone, Take stick more around. Time to 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 get our sentence out. Well, that does it. For this segment, coming up, upset picks. Everyone stay tuned. Hello and welcome back, everyone. It is time to cover the upset picks of the week. Now, I do have a little bit of sad news, and that is that Tyler will not be able to join us for this final segment. However, uh, the, the good news is that he did send over what his final picks were. And he had the Ravens-Steelers game going to the Steelers. Now, the Ravens are a four-and-a-half-point favorites. I actually have the Ravens winning that one. I, I do not think they're recovering. Uh, Four-and-a-half points is, is a bit steep for a team that has underwhelmed compared to a team who is undefeated. Uh, the Steelers have been great. They have managed to win every single game this season. I, I very much understand why Tyler is taking the Steelers to win this one. However, I do feel like they're at that point in the season where at some point something has to go wrong and they're going to take the L. Whereas the, the Ravens have been playing pretty consistent. They're a tough out. I think they're going to be a tougher out than the Steelers had last week against the Titans, who were also very good. So I am taking the Ravens this one. However, I am taking the Ravens at the under. Moving on to the other upset game of the week, we have the Colts and the Lions. And Tyler disagreed with me on this one, but I'm taking the Lions. Uh, I believe that they will win. The, the Colts are favored by three points. I think the Colts have not been very impressive offensively. They have had some very serious struggles. They have had they had a hard time beating the Bengals in their last game. Now they did have a bye week, so maybe some of that has been corrected. But until I see that on the field, I have to go with the Lions, who have been playing very well as of late, and are starting to show they can beat good teams. So I got the Lions in this one. They're three-point underdogs. I haven't taken it. I think Kenny Galladay is going to have a great game. I think DeAndre Swift is going to have a very good game. Uh, So we'll see where it goes. But I'm taking the Lions to win this one. That is my upset pick of the week. And, again, Tyler's upset pick of the week 
is the Steelers over the Ravens. And I have them losing that one to the Ravens, but the Ravens do not cover. So that's where we that's where we stand here as we conclude our podcast. I appreciate everyone who listened in. Uh, again, catch us on Apple Podcasts, catch us on Spotify. Uh, you can also catch us on Twitter, Unsport, excuse me, at Unsport Comment. Again, at Unsport Comment. Please follow. Please subscribe. We love to hear you guys. We love to hear your comments. We love to hear your feedback. We want to know what we can do better for you guys and what we're already doing well. So let us know. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Everyone have a great night. Take care.